Hello, listeners. This is Marianne here, uh, and you're listening to Random Sage with me from Revealing Light. Um, thank you for tuning in. Thank you, as always, for your support of this new podcast. Um, I guess we're becoming not so new now. I think this is my fifth episode. I have been enjoying it, as you know, um, or some of you might know in my background that uh, at one point I had a community radio show uh, and in college I really did toy uh, with doing broadcast journalism but ended up going toward print. So this is a little bit of a love speaking into a microphone, no camera on me um, and just having this intimate relationship with me and you, the listeners. I want to have a, a bit of a change of pace today. I've often had the question uh how can we live a more spiritual life? So today's topic is going to be all around spirituality um, and also what it's like to live spiritually. I do live spiritually. Um, it can have its uh, ups and downs. Um, there is a reasonable amount of being introverted at times um, to balance out that ex extrovert uh, part of my nature where I have to, uh, not have to, but where I uh, do speak to um, tens and tens of thousands of people uh, through my YouTube channel and through my various other platforms. Remember, I started out as a writer um, and on that, uh, I've never lost my love of writing, but I have now, um, I don't know, branched out, if you want to call it that, um, experimented with, diversified, I guess, into other forms of communication. But communication has always been the thing for me. So um, that's living this spiritual life, having this close connection with what I refer to as my blueprint, what I came into this life to do, uh, was definitely to communicate to you about spirit. I was given a fairly strong clairvoyance. Um, I've studied under mediums over the years uh, and all of them remark <laughs> on this strength of my clairvoyance and these uh, if you've been following me for any length of time you'll know that some of those images that I get uh, can be uh, can be right on the money um, and they do help me to piece things together so um, yeah living a, a spiritual life I just want to well you can get anything in the day from um, whizzing orbs around you, white lights, um, uh, to apparitions starting to form like, like a, if you can just imagine the heat waves in the shape of a body, uh, that is what I'm currently seeing. And then the uh, image of that person comes to me both clairvoyantly and also clairaudiently as well. Um, I probably have a, a reasonable clairsentient sentience which is that knowing uh, in my intuition certainly uh, sometimes I will just be doing a reading and I will just know something and it will come to me randomly and I'll say it and those are sometimes form the basis of my most accurate predictions but I believe that I'm here to do I'm here doing this because it allows a wider audience to see that spirit is living around us. It's both within, it's without. 
us. Uh, it's all around us. It's all encompassing. And if if we switch on to that to that um, notion or that idea or that belief, then then we then we start to live a spiritual life. Uh, the other day I was doing a reading in a live stream um, and uh, before I started that, uh, this was on uh, one of my platforms and um, before I started it, I've, I've long been asked to do a mediumship reading on J John F. Kennedy, America's Democratic Party president, the most, I would say one of, the most famous and was cut down and assassinated well before his time, but his legacy, of course, is strong and lives on. I believe John F. Kennedy was the real deal. I believe that he was a very good man who really had it within his heart to try and help make lives better. But I didn't want to bring him forward and be gratuitous in any way uh, because you can go onto YouTube, type in his name, mediumship reading, JFK, and you will come up with a lot of people that channel him almost like, um, well, no, I won't say anything further on that. Uh, what they, what other readers do in, are entirely their business. However, I didn't want to just bring him forward for the sake of bringing him forward. And if you've watched my channel on YouTube, you'll know that uh, I only really channel when I know that this person that I'm getting is absolutely what we say in Australia, rigid edge, fair income, the real deal. Uh, and so I look for pieces of information that will validate that I have that person. So long story short, opened up for JFK, politely asked him to come through. Next thing I see a gardener's hand uh, and uh, this gardener's hand, gardener's glove was showing me so many flowers, um, lilies, um, roses. And, and then when one flower was formed, it would give way to bright yellow faced flowers, just an array of flowers and also a pond with water lilies in them. I had no idea why JFK, if this indeed was JFK, was giving me these images until one viewer who I might say is probably quite um, intuitive herself, well, I know so, said, you're picking up the garden uh, the Rose Garden at the White House. This Many people think it was uh, Jacqueline Kennedy's project. It was not. Um, JFK, John F. Kennedy, was absolutely passionate about, uh, about the Rose Garden, and uh, that's what I believe you're getting. And I said, thank you. That's the validation I was looking for. When I got off that live stream, I immediately went and found out about the Rose Garden. She was she was absolutely right. John F. Kennedy was absolutely obsessed with establishing the Rose Garden at the White House. He worked very closely with, closely with the gardener, okay, the gardener's glove, the gardener's hand, and they went through so many choices of flowers. JFK wanted to go back to Roosevelt's time, who also had a love of flowers and try and pick up those historic um, breeds, I guess, of flowers, types of flowers. And uh, and of course, when I then did further research, um, I found out that common in Roosevelt's time was, I think it was Roosevelt that he was, no, Jefferson, sorry, Thomas Jefferson. My apologies. Um, 
I'm not, as you see, a full bottle on American presidents. Um, uh, but Jefferson, he wanted to recreate Jefferson uh, type of um, types of flowers. And in that time, of course, lilies. Lilies were very, very popular. Um, and then I thought, OK, and then uh, uh, daffodils um, and, of course, the roses uh, and many other flowers. I think if I asked him, he will show me. Um, I wondered what the pond was about and I later found out there was a lily pond uh, that was established uh, at the White House uh, within either within that garden or around about the same time. So why was he showing me all that? I do believe that he's absolutely mortified that it was ripped up and destroyed by uh, the previous 45 previous president, former president uh, Trump and his wife Melania. I think he's absolutely, you know, that old saying it would make him turn in his grave. I think that's exactly what he's doing. So there was a sort of a sadness there as well. Anyway, I, I uh, declared then and there that I would do some further channeling of JFK at a future, at a future moment, uh, because I do believe I got the real deal. Um, so back to living a life uh, spiritually, these sort of things happen all the time with me. Uh, I will be sitting in my lounge room. I will see, um, you know, the, the apparitions start to form, immediately get a picture of a long-haired um, woman with a brownish kind of hair, and then I've got to piece together who this is and why they're here. Uh, and I can do that in a number of ways. I can allow the clairaudience to come through. I can allow the clairvoyant pictures to unfold. I can also use tools like dowsing rods, tarot cards, um, and uh, multiple other uh, types of, um, I guess, paranormal equipment. Uh, I do prefer to let it come to me naturally, um, even though there is a place for things like dowsing rods, particularly when you're in other places where you want to get to the story, uh, understand why uh, they're coming. So I can be sitting in the lounge room and seeing uh, these apparitions evolve. I can feel the whizzing. I can actually feel the movement of the orbs that are around me. If you want to check out my YouTube channel, you'll be able to see those orbs. In fact, on my website, um, one of my viewers slowed everything down and captured a winged orb flying from behind me, the window behind me, right through, not the window, the, the closed doors behind me, um, and flying right into the cards. And no, it wasn't an animal uh, or an insect. It was actually a white, like a fairy-like orb. So that's on my website if you want to check that out. Um, this These things happened to me when I was a kid. In fact, I got quite scared of them because I would see patterns start to form um, around me uh, and sense that I wasn't alone and uh, I would scream in terror because I just knew someone else was in the room with me. Uh, the clairvoyance, of course, was constant. The dreams, the prophetic dreams, the ESP, picking up other people's thoughts, that has, I'm going to say, dogged me all my life. Um, but I'm understanding it more now. I'm not afraid and I'm making sense of why these things happen around me. The one of the benefits here is having a very strong connection with my past over loved ones. I have my mother, my father, my sister, my nana, my grandma, uh, various aunts and uncles in um, 
spirit as well as to very three very good male friends uh, that were with me for very important periods in my life. Um, they were friends um, and very special friends as well. Um, and so I feel them around me uh, at various times and, and they're there providing me with strength in, in, in when I'm facing some sort of trouble. The other relationship I have with the spirit, I call these relationships with the spirit world is with my guardian angel. I have felt very, very strongly from being a little girl uh, that someone, a guardian angel, was walking beside me very closely, never far from me. In all my travels across the world, I always felt a guiding hand and a feeling of protection. Um, and so I still feel that to this day and I speak to my guardian angel. In fact, I speak to the angels because I do actually believe that there are, <coughs> pardon me, there are angelic beings around us and walking with us um, and energetic, benign, divine, energetic beings um, here to help us. So um, how can we live a more spiritual life? How can you live a more spiritual life well i guess we have to start with wanting to wanting to live that more spiritual life and some of that is around quietening your mind um ha, you know knowing trusting uh, trusting is the word i want to, want to use here trusting your own intuition opening your um first of all protection is uh critical because Whenever we're opening ourselves up to spirit, we need to be sure that we are going to bring through benign uh, and divine um, divine beings. And so coating yourself, cloaking yourself, imagining yourself in a, uh, a, a, a ball or a cocoon of white light and asking God, Our Lady, Goddess, Buddha, uh, the angels uh, for divine protection and allowing only what is filled with light and of a higher vibration to come through and asking uh, for protection before you do any of this kind of work is um, is paramount. Once you've done that, quietening your mind, moving into some kind of meditation or just quiet, listening to some quiet music, ask your question. And allow the answer to arise within you. I'm going to um, draw some cards. I always draw a, uh, a tarot read um, or do some kind of predictive clairvoyant work in these podcasts. So I'm just going to ask the question, how can we live a spiritual life? I have the Cosmic Tarot deck. It's a deck that reminds me very much of my father. And so I thought it was appropriate to use use it today. And in fact, I asked my passed over uh, loved ones to protect me as well, to walk with, with me and give me whatever help that they can from the spirit world. And I sense them very close in times of trouble. So how can we, how can you, listener, live a more spiritual life? How can my listeners to this podcast uh, live a more spiritual life? The High Priestess <laughs> comes out straight away. If any of you who know about the tarot know that the High Priestess is straight away your intuition. It is genderless intuition. It's not. It's it's a balance of yin and yang, uh, and it's about trusting yourself, trusting your soul, trusting 
trusting the spirit within, the God within, uh, and trusting the divine, um, the divine uh, around you. Uh, the high priestess understanding that what will be revealed to you is for your highest good. Now, at times, this gets drowned out uh, by the Ten of Wands, by the busyness of life, by the worries, by the burdens that we carry. We cannot look up. We can't see the woods for the trees. We can't even see the night sky because we're so preoccupied. However, uh, it's about loving yourself. Every time you move out of that divine connection, what will bring you back straight away is self-love and uh also understanding that making a clear decision that you want to live more spiritually, uh, which can sometimes mean breaking away from the past. And often people don't understand that. I mean, they understand a move into state. They understand a change of jobs. They understand travel overseas. But they rarely understand, hey, I'm going to be living a more spiritual life. However, the lives that we've led in the past do help to ground us. And I feel that grounding uh, is very important whenever you're doing this kind of searching work using your your abilities and gifts and everybody has them when you're in that spiritual state it's very very easy to perceive divine truth it's very very easy to perceive universal truths that apply to us all because you are in a state of perfect balance um yeah, part of living spiritually is having these um, close striving for, pushing through, having close relationships with others. Love is at the core of all spiritual life and patience as well. Um, understanding that uh, what you're picking up now maybe is to unfold in the future and then trusting that the future will arrive. Um, and it's when you lose that trust in your own intuition that things start to go off, uh, off the rails. And then you start to doubt yourself and then this spiritual living, which is so enhancing, tends to come to an end. So stabilising spiritual living is about trusting in the future and being strong in that trust, not being airy-fairy, uh, but being strong in it. It does take work and it does take skill to keep uh, a spiritual life vibrant, vital and moving forward. Uh, but it is so worth the climb because it, it gives you a feeling of reunion with not just God, um, the creator, but also with everything around you, with nature, with animals, with loved ones, with uh, those in the spirit world. And it's a joyous reunion. Um, so it's well worth it's well worth the effort to uh, to put put that you put into it. And of course, part of that is subler, um, putting the ego, um, subjugating. I want, that's a very negative word, subjugate. But it's about um, putting the ego aside and perceiving in perfect balance um, and allowing your intuition to come through. Then you really do become the magician in your own life and it makes manifestation very possible. So... Um, just be open, open to being helped by those in the afterlife and 
trusting your intuition are probably good places to start um, for those that uh, are wanting to move more strongly into this living spiritually. Um, it certainly has its benefits. Um, and for me, I can't imagine now living any other way. So thank you for tuning in to Random Sage with Mary Ann from Revealing Light. Um, it's always it's always of value to me uh, to do this to do this podcast and so I'm pleased to bring it to you today. Stay well everyone and live well spiritually and I'll be back again with another podcast soon. Bye for now.